0: Free Incidency Friday. Frank Clark will not be back in Kansas City, but you are going to see him today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. We're brought to you today by Bird Dogs. You want to check them out at birddogs.com slash Locked on NFL to get the best that you can get. We have a great show for you today because we got thrown a curveball. We're going to go through OTAs, hit the highlights here for you later in the show. First, we got to talk about the two options in free agency, one that's on the plus and one that's on the minus. We'll get to that in just a minute. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate that very much, especially here on YouTube, where you can like, sub, and hit the bell right now. We are free on all the platforms every day, five days a week, and you everydayers know that. You locos know that you can click that bell right now and get a notice every time it goes up. You can also sub over on Spotify as well as Apple and everywhere else. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting over at RogueAPC.com as well as NFL33.com and RGR Football.
1: And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, and we did have a little bit of a curveball uh, thrown at us today with a signing that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting that Frank Clark wasn't going to be getting signed until closer to training camp, but that obviously is not the case.
0: This is multifaceted and that's why I wanted to bring it up first because I was firmly in the camp that Frank Clark was going to roll into training camp about two weeks after it started having, you know, skipped the veteran portion and signed quickly on a dotted line to come back and pursue his record and possibly another ring with this team. Uh, I was sorely mistaken, unfortunately, it has a lot of ramifications. I'm not used to saying free agency Friday in June. Usually that's been a few months by now, but there's two cases, Frank being the first one, that has some implications on what the Chiefs are doing.
1: Yeah, it has implications, but the thing that really is interesting to me is that Frank Clark is choosing to go to the Denver Broncos, a team that he's beat every time he's been in Kansas City, and are you really feeling like you're going to be chasing a ring in Denver? I just, I can't see it. Uh, it's a one-year deal for him and, and what, seven and a half million with incentives. So uh, probably not making a lot of money. I would have thought that a guy like that would be willing to wait until training camp if, if Kansas city has been saying, Hey, we'll get it done once we get Jones signed. But that's the thing that we don't know was Kansas city even interested. I mean, look at all the players that they have on their roster that fit that position. He would be a, you know, maybe a fifth or sixth at this point, Uh, in numbers that could make the team
0: as I've heard from two sources I think there's one report out there that they were interested and they were talking to Frank obviously we we've discussed ad nauseum on this show that the Chris Jones thing has to get done before that could ever happen Um, so the question is the report is that the Denver contract is up to 7.5 including incentives so what's the base and maybe it was just the fact that we know that shes can't do it till later, and they were probably offering a fairly low base. Um, for those that are, are diehard Frank Clark fans, I want to know how you feel. Put it in the comments, because I want to know if you thought that he was all about the rings. This might throw a, a wrench in your giddy-up about that concept.
1: Yeah, and the bigger thing for me, when I sit here and I look at this move for Denver and I look at this for Frank Clark... Frank Clark didn't really show up in the regular season. So is Denver thinking they're actually going to make the playoffs and so they can get playoff Clark? Uh, Cause that's where he really was effective. I just, I can't see why this would make sense for him to go there uh, because they're going up against Patrick Mahomes. He's going up against a team that he knows he's going to have to try to beat that they haven't beat in a very long time. And they did not look good last year on offense. They have a lot of weapons. Maybe they can ch- turn things around, uh, but the big question is still going to be Russell Wilson. He is going back to be with one of his old teammates in Seattle, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I got to split this down the middle for me. As an analyst, okay, the player of his age has to get the best contract he can get, and I understand that. Um, the incentives, I think, until we know the actual number amounts of what kicks in where, that's going to be really intriguing about whether it really was the best deal. The fan well, part of me that follows this team and has for 25 years is a little pissed off because this has more impact than just the position he plays. Yes, there are two new tackles in Kansas City that he has not practiced against for the last four years, but he does have a lot of knowledge about this offense. He understands tendencies for everybody else that's on that uh, offensive side at least. Uh, That's a lot of uh, knowledge he can impart to a division rival that everybody wants to say that the Peyton Wilson thing is going to be enough to raise them up to compete with the Chargers behind Kansas City.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing for Kansas City in that regard. I think that that is a very good point. He knows most of the other players on this team. He doesn't know the tackles, which I actually think is a huge advantage for Kansas City in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't played against either of these guys on a regular basis. Yeah, I played. He probably had some snaps against uh, the right tackle last year, but I and maybe even against Donovan Smith. I mean, in in their games, but it's not near as much as it would be if he would have been practicing against them on a regular basis every single day. So from that aspect, it makes a lot of sense that this is going to hurt Kansas City in that regard because he does know the offense. He does know players. He does know tendencies. Kansas City's going to have to change some things up, but the other part of the reality of it is players leave teams all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mike Burton is in Denver. I, I understand it's not the same player, not the same type of player, but Mike Burton was actually on offense. There's other players that are going to have that information as well.
0: True, true. Now, now you just made me sad all over again. <sighs> it's funny because there were years back in the 90s. Uh, it, it was Neil. It was uh, Eddie Kettison. It was, it was players going back and forth around division foes fairly commonly at one time. And now it looks like maybe we're entering that era again, where maybe the teams that appreciate you the most in free agency are the ones that see you a couple times a year. At the end of the day, I think Frank has an impact for them late. He certainly provides a leadership thing. Randy Gregory's a hot mess. Most of the time can Frank Clark help that or does Frank's edge exemplify Randy's and does that actually hurt keeping him on the field that there's there's some off-the-field scenarios that I think are really intriguing about this signing. Um, he did speak about uh, you know, connecting with with Coach Payton. I think at the end of the day, this does give them a little boost. I think it boosts them more than it hurts Kansas City. Uh, and it does open up once the, the Chris Jones deal does get done, and we do expect that to still get done, that maybe there are other options out there if you want to fortify. Uh, top of the list would be Carlos Dunlap, right?
1: Could be. Uh, there's also another name that is a current teammate of the guy that we're going to talk about in the second break or after this Mm. first break uh, that is rumored to be on the trading block right now. So that's always been a potential person that they could be interested in that we've heard that they've been interested in in the past. So there are other options. Uh, If they get a deal done with Chris Jones, then they have the ability to go and do things. But right now they don't have that.
0: And the guy that you guys are super pumped to hear about is... The uh, imminent release of one Dalvin Cook and what that could mean. Again, tied to the Chris Jones thing that we have to get in. But what could that look like? We'll get there right after this because I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. They're doing something great, and they're back in the fold. They make you look good, and that's what you're looking for. The stretch khakis are designed to be a slimmer fit and across the thigh and the leg things that sports fans are looking for and give you that sculpted look they do the exact same things as the lululemon and all the expensive uh, sportswear but you can get this for a better price at a better quality product straight to you it's (laughs) anti-stink which some of us need it's sweat wicking fabric and it keeps you cool and dry all day long and i personally love that especially when you're somebody that has a tendency to overheat or get into the cold when uh, the winter months roll around for somebody like me it won't make you sacrifice the movement to have the fit that you're looking for, so go to Bird Dogs right now. Bird Dogs.com/slash locked on NFL. It's right down here below. Um, right now, if you use the code Locked On NFL, see how that ties together. You can get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I think you guys are going to dig these. They look great. They work great. And it's right there at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Be a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We do promise you that. When we get to the point where we're talking about players joining, coming, going, whatever, we know the precursor is the Jones deal. But this is a unique instance. The Minnesota Vikings have held on to Dalvin Cook, who's coming off of a significant shoulder injury, and that does play a big chunk into this conversation. Uh, They have decided they're going to part ways with that. They've been trying to move him for a while via trade, and it just hasn't happened. And so, yes, for those of you that, that want to know the OTA breakdown, we're going to have a bit here in the third segment. Monday, don't miss. We're going to rewrap wrap the entire last session of the Chiefs OTAs as we get ready for Chiefs mandatory mini caps. So don't miss that one because, as you locos know, we are here five days a week, and I do want to remind you of that. So if you were here tuning in for the OTAs, we just want to take advantage of the fact that Dalvin Cook is going to be released and, and discuss it now so you guys are ahead of the curve. Again, it's all based on cap space and availability, but in terms of on the field, given the che- it's bad field right now, would you pursue Dalvin Cook in a in a low base incentive laden kind of, of structure? Potentially.
1: Uh, you said it though, it's low base. And is he going to get a better offer somewhere else? It's this comes back to kind of what I was thinking with Frank Clark in the scenario of they've made money in their career and don't get me wrong i know players need to make as much money as they can i'm not saying they don't but it's a question of do you want a legitimate chance to chase a ring or do you want to go make money because i don't know that you're going to be able to do both uh i don't think frank is going to be chasing a ring in, in denver this year so i think it's more of a money play for him uh and who knows what the incentives are but i would imagine that they're not likely to be earned incentives which means they're not going to count against the cap until next season if he earns them uh so lots to talk about when you start looking at Dalvin cook and you know, this goes back to what we talked about with Chris Jones. If they get a deal done with him, it opens up a possibility of bringing in a guy like Deandre Hopkins, who we've talked about, mm-hmm. even bringing in Deandre Hopkins and Dalvin cook, isn't out of the question. And there's a third guy that you could potentially add, depending on what you really do with Jones's contract. If you're trying to bring in more talent,
0: I, I hold that thought. Cause I want you to get to that, but Let's let's break it down because this is what the Chiefs are doing. Okay, a guy with a big name that's had uh, some big moments is now suddenly going to be available on the free agent market. What do we need to do to like discern whether this is something you want to pursue? Again, knowing that you have to get Jones done first. Well, it comes down to this. You have a young and honestly fairly explosive coming off of a great rookie year running back that's going to be your starter. You have a fourth year. Player and Clyde Edwards Alaire that is, is gotta play a role right now because you need him. You have um, what's a nice way to put Jarek McKinnon's age? Um <laughs> Elder Statesman? Elder, yes, that's a good one. You have Jarek, but again, there's caveats with all these guys. Injury, injury, Clyde's lower performance than expectation. Jarek's age, you have generic prince, uh, rookie, you have Jarian Ely, who's maybe They tried to put a wide receiver. Now maybe he's back at the running back group. Like you have a lot of question marks in this group. And I think Dalvin cook is another guy with question marks because of the injuries, but he's also a home run hitter. And we all know that. So the question becomes at what point is value for a guy who can't be a lead back? I don't think you have to let Pacheco be the lead and take the beating and let Dalvin be the explosive guy on third down is my thought. But that's a talent you could add that really does up the level of this running back room, does it not? Or am I overplaying this?
1: No, I think it ups the level of the running back room, but you then you're taking the ball out of Jarek McKinnon's hands. And McKinnon had a fantastic season last year. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, uh, because in some ways, it would make a lot of sense because it would give you potentially Dalvin Cook and Jarek McKinnon going into the playoffs, maybe healthy. And that, that would be something that this team would – really benefit from, but the yes. big question is, is what is he going to have? What is he going to be asking for money-wise? If he's asking for more than two or 3 million base, I don't see Kansas city being interested because he's not going to be a starter here. I can't see them moving away from Pacheco. Uh, it, now here's the caveat on all this. It would be great to have Dalvin cook on this roster in case something happened to Isaiah Pacheco. But again, it's not going to be something where you're going to give him a starting role. He's going to come in and be, you know, your second running back and be the backup for Pacheco. And maybe Pacheco, if something happens to Pacheco, he gets more playing time uh, and incentives can kick in for him. But he's got to want a low base, and that's going to be the big question.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. The question is selling him on that. And is the injury history significant enough that it drives other players off? That's That's where well, you have to kind of ride that line
1: i agree with you that you have to sell them on it but some players are not going to have to be sold on near as much as maybe a guy like dalvin cook dalvin cook it's a question do you want the money or do you want the ring hmm. and i say that it's a different situation than frank clark because frank clark has already got two super bowl rings he's already got that part in his legacy dalvin yeah. cook hasn't had a chance to chase that yet does he want Fair a not. chance to chase a ring because the other question is, is where would he go that's going to give him a good chance at chasing a ring. I can't imagine San Francisco would be looking for a running back. Philadelphia right. is not going to be looking for a running back. Nope. Buffalo's maybe, I guess, is the only one that I would consider. Maybe he's not going to go beat his
0: brother out, is he? I don't think so.
1: I wouldn't think so either. But that, I don't know. Maybe okay, watch well, play with his brother.
0: That's that's another good point.
1: That's another. Yeah, that's another. It could be another feather in the cap of the Buffalo Bills. But again, they don't have much cap space either. So. true. I mean, if you want to bring in this type of player, you can do it, but he's going to have to take a lower salary, especially considering when he's being let go, and he's got to want to be chasing a ring. If he's going after money, then he's not going to be in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: His base salary in 2023 is $10.4 million. That's why they can't trade him. Yeah. His cap number is 14.1, but there's prorated bonus in there that wouldn't count against his his number for Kansas city, but you're still not making that trade to pay somebody $10 million at that position. When you have Pacheco who was a seventh round pick who you're paying peanuts to, um,
0: in this room, the most you can give Dalvin cook is 5 million base with maybe an incentive or two. If you think you need to do it, but that's it. You, you can't go above that. And again, it's gotta be recouped first from Jones. And I like the way you put that and deha possibly. So, um, it, the, the Diop trail has gone cold here lately. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is, is heating up. We'll have some, some takes on that. If we get more information, uh, this may be something somebody else scoops him up really quickly. Who knows? But well,
1: the one thing that they did say about Deandre Hopkins is he's not in a hurry to get on a team. Maybe he gets on a team by mandatory minicamps, but doesn't look like that's probably going to be likely. So it's more likely that he's holding out till training camp and he'll find a team then, which if you're Kansas City, that actually works in your favor because it gives you the opportunity to get the Jones deal done, which I think if they're going to get it done, it's going to be done before camp. Uh, and then you can still get DeAndre Hopkins. So that's a possibility. And when we get back, we need to talk about OTAs, but we also need to talk about another player that could also fit in Kansas City uh, that is on the trade block from the Minnesota Vikings. All right, so I'm just bringing this up because it's a player that we have talked about before last year. Uh, It's a player that is now on the trading block again. Daniel Hunter is on the trading block. He is going to be 29 going into this season. And it looks like to me, from what I can see, his cap number would be about $5.5 million uh, trade-wise. He's got a huge prorated bonus, but that doesn't affect Kansas City. So his cap number for the Vikings right now is 13.1. So I'm calculating his cap hit for Kansas City, if they traded for him, would be five million or five and a half million. So if that ends up happening, I think you can make that work if you want to make that trade. Uh you can get yourself another defensive end. And five and a half million for a defensive end is not bad.
0: No, it's not. I, and I think Daniel Hunter, even at that age, is worth that salary. The question is the compensation. You know, if I'm Minnesota, I'm pushing for a top 100 pick. And I don't know that I can justify giving that away for Daniel Hunter at 29 years old. Can you?
1: No, I don't think you can. But I also don't think there's any teams that are going to be able to justify a top 100 pick. He's been injured too much. And you're still taking a player that they obviously don't want. They're leaking the fact that he's available for trade again after they Mm -hmm. couldn't get him traded last year. It's a matter of they don't want him on the roster. They want to free up the cap space and they want to make some adjustments. I don't think he's on the roster starting training camp. I think maybe I'm wrong, but I still think that he's potentially somebody that could be let go before training camp or maybe before the season. If he's still on the roster during training camp.
0: Mm -hmm. And Hey, uh, free agency is a completely different deal. Um, A a veteran presence would help there Um, to tie that in uh, cost versus reward. Uh, Andy Reid today did have some good news about Felix and, and D.K. Uh, Uzama, and he is back on the field. He's worked through both a thumb uh, issue as well as uh, a hamstring issue that uh, hadn't been necessarily confirmed in the press, but we, we had been hearing about that for a little bit. Um, that is good news. He's somebody that I think, whether it, it were Frank Clark or whether it could be Daniel Hunter or whether it's simply uh, Carlos Dunlap, or just Chris Jones. Felix Anadike uzano can benefit from veteran leadership. Can he get some help from George Karloftis? Yes. Who got help from Frank Clark? Yes. Can he get some more from the Mike Dana and the Charles Amenei who have experience? Yes. But if he were to have an actual true edge rusher, a guy that is not a tweener, a guy that has played the primary pass rush position over the last few years as a veteran, I think that would help him. And that's, that's part of the reason we keep coming back to adding an edge presence.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I will say that Kansas City has working for them is I think that if push comes to shove and they can't add an edge presence, that's going to help him in that regard. Maybe you bring in Tom Bahali as a consultant. Maybe you go look outside. Uh, you know, actually having a player and bring in a former player or bring in somebody that works with players specifically to be able to do that. There are options there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's the fun part about this time of year when you've been through what is it, seven waves of free agency now. Again, didn't expect (laughs) to be talking free agency in June. Um, But what you get is more, I think, about knowledge than it is about performance. Um, Certainly more than it is about snap counts for anybody that you sign at this time of year. So what can that impart and how can that help you as a whole in an organization as you grow forward, knowing that you're going to take that information and pass it down to to the younger guys that are on this roster? I think that's still worth an investment. I'd like to know what everybody thinks out there leave your comments in the YouTube.
1: I just want to say, I agree that it's worth an investment, but it's the question always comes down to cost because mm-hmm. to me, the, the big thing that is really going to be an issue is yeah, you can maybe bring back a guy like Carlos Dunlap, but who are you going to cut to repl- to have Dunlap on this roster? That's the thing that's going to be difficult because you start talking about the edges and the guys that you think that you want to have on this roster, you're going to have a full room. And that's part of the reason why I don't think Clark was here. Now, is there room on the roster for somebody? Yeah, but is Carlos Dunlap going to be a guy that you want replacing a young guy? Because that's basically what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to release one of your younger edge rushers to bring in a guy like that. Uh, is he going to be able to give you enough? That's the big question.
0: Yeah, that, that is the big question. Because right now, you're two, you're three deep. Let's go do, do that. It's Karloftis and Dan on one side. Um, it's a Menehu who should start outside right now. and We know he'll slide in on third down. And Felix and D.K. Uzama. And then it gets iffy. Is it B.J. Thompson? Is it Josh Kando? Is it Malik Herring? A lot of questions there. Um, I think probably the best upside is B.J. Thompson. Can can he get there? Can he do that? Do you need a sixth edge? That's They're very thin, and they're continuing this process where you can project four DTs. I don't know that you can project more than that off of what's currently on the roster. So I feel like there could be a sixth, whether that's Carlos or someone else. But it does come down to the numbers and how you're going to balance that out. What would you guys like to see? That's what we'd like to know in the YouTube comments as well as your reviews over on Spotify and Apple. Uh, Next week, we're going to get into the fallout from this week's OTA activities. We will run the rest of that down for you. See what's cooking and who's moving where. If there is any news in terms of free agency, we will definitely let you know that. And Derek will be back next week with his insight from the Chiefs facility. And then we're getting ready for mandatory mini camp. What can happen there? How do they look at this point in the season? Generally, we don't get a lot of thought you know, or, or glimpses of what's going to be happening in installing camp. This year might be a little bit different. We're going to run that down next week as well. So make sure that you were liked and subbed and you have the bell clicked on YouTube and that you're subbed on the audio platforms because we're here five days a week. Just ask the Locos. And make sure if you want in on the text action, hit 816-357-8781 and get yourself involved. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday, and we'll talk to you then.